Welcome to Sports Scouts. I'm Joey Goodsir. I'm Michael Rope. And we're recording this, our 11th episode, on Thursday, May 9th, 2019. Uh, we do not have a guest this week. It's just going to be a nice uh, kind of relaxing episode to kind of get your mind off of APs for a while in this busy week. Um, as we speak, the AP Chem Finals going on below us. So good luck to all you guys. Um, but we're going to talk Kentucky Derby, Cubs baseball, NBA basketball, and more. But first, Michael, as always, will give you some scout scores. Yeah, so by far the biggest news in LFHS sports side of things this week is Ellie Mills' big decision day this week. Of course, after a lot of waiting, the 6'5", 270-pound defensive end, a member of our LFHS class of 2020, finally announced his commitment to play football for Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Congrats, Riley, on the big commitment, and of course, congrats to the many other exciting college decisions this time of year. Also, now we'll get back to the diamond. The boys' baseball won their fourth and fifth uh, straight win in an exciting doubleheader sweep on senior day Saturday against Whitney Young, improving their record to 18-6. They will enter the postseason with a three-seed in the St. Viator sectional, and last night they got their first win against St. Viator, 15-7. Moving on, the girls' Batman, and they won a sectional championship, Lake Forest High School's first since 1982, so congrats to them. They qualified three of out of four positions to go to state, sending six as six athletes. They will be at Eastern Illinois uh, tomorrow and Saturday, so stay tuned for updates on state results uh, by following the LFHS varsity badminton team on Instagram. Boys Lacrosse beat Warren 9-6 to last night and will be heading out to Loyola on Saturday morning. Moving on to the girls' side of lacrosse, uh, they took on Warren last night as well and will be facing Carmel tomorrow. Girls' soccer was out in Lake Zurich last night and will be having their Senior night tomorrow against Hersey. Girls softball is up against Waukegan tonight. Boys tennis has conference this weekend at Stevenson and Vernon Hills. They will face Libertyville first tomorrow. Boys track and field has conference today at Zion Bennett, so good luck to them. Girls have their sectional at Loyola today as well, so good luck to them as well. Boys volleyball is squaring off at Libertyville tonight. Girls water polo had their sectionals yesterday at Buffalo Grove, and the boys have sectionals there tonight. We're getting to the end here. LFHS math team finished 10th in state, so congrats to them. And eSports finished 3rd in state, so also big congrats to them. Yeah, for sure. Lots of seasons coming to an end now, and so, you know, all the awards kind of being handed out. So thanks, Michael. Those are your scout scores. And if you want more of the latest in LFHS sports, check out the latest articles uh, such as Ashley Buffy's quote story on what it means to be a varsity scout athlete. It was a pretty good article. Uh, Kenley Theis' coverage of badminton. Um, Connor Clark on the Riley Mills commit, um, and Shaw with the article recapping baseball senior day. He has a dugout, by the way, coming out pretty soon, so look forward to that. Um, and more to come on theforcecout.com. Um, if you didn't hear the sport you wanted to hear or we screwed up somehow, just send in the scores and informative news to sportscoutspodcast at gmail.com. To, so, um, yeah, sportscoutspodcast at gmail.com so Michael can give it a shout-out. Let's move into national sports with Show Me What Have You Got. So to start with Show Me What You've Got, um, I decided to talk about kind of one of the bigger stories uh, this week um, in sports. And, you know, as we kind of previewed at um, last week, the Kentucky Derby was on Saturday of this this past weekend. And um, it it soon surged up the um, priorities as far as sports stories go once the results came through, because what happened was... Um, the most exciting two minutes in sports basically came, became the most exciting like 26 minutes in sports after it seemed clear that Maximum Security uh, was the winning horse this year. Um, there was an objection uh, by, by an opposing horse who thought 
um, who thought that he was impeded. And basically, the uh, race went under review to check out maximum security's progress and if he impeded in front of um, another horse. Turns out, after over time, the steward suggests, uh, figured out that he did, and they disqualified him from the race, uh, making Country House a 65-1 to horse, so kind of a big upset, the winner um, of the 2019 Kentucky Derby. Uh, this is the 145th Kentucky Derby, and this is the first time that there's ever been a winner change like this, where the first horse um, to cross uh, the finish line was not uh, the horse that ended up winning. So, you know, a wire-to-wire winner um, that was not uh, the Kentucky Derby champion this year. And so, you know, obviously the run for the Roses is a big race because of um, the Triple Crown. So people were looking forward to maximum security's potential for a Triple Crown, considering the, n- the number of Triple Crowns we've seen recently. Um, but now with Country House winning, with it being um, a way bigger of an upset, things are less likely. So people are kind of feeling the sympathy for maximum security, kind yeah. of upset about the call. So big story. It's definitely devastating for, of course, the jockey and the owner. of uh, Going from the highest of highs, just thinking that they won – because the owner, he's been going for this for a long time, to very get, long time, and, and this was finally it. And he, yeah. and he thought that was it. You should have the, the excitement on their on the jockey's face and his face too. The owner, it was just, I mean, they, they thought they had it in the bag. I mean, and of course, I would expect that too. You, it's never like you said, it never happened before. Something in, like like this that they would change a result to the Kentucky Derby, the biggest horse race in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just, I feel bad for them to be honest. I, it's, I mean, I good for the. I mean, I guess the, it was the right call, but I still feel. I mean, there's nothing that they can do about it. But I feel for them, and I just hope. I mean, now the I, I hear that mass, maximum security is not going to be racing in the Preakness. Max, the Preakness, but yeah, that's unfortunate too. I mean, I don't. I just. It just. It's unfortunate all the way around. But yeah, I it, guess, re- it really congrats is. Congrats to the winner. The the way that it all played out was kind of weird. I mean, this is this is something that happens in horse racing all the time, but for obvious reasons and because of. Uh, what the Kentucky Derby means to the sport, how much money's on the line, all of that stuff. It's it's never happened in this setting. And to basically get into a situation where we thought we had a clear winner, you know, business as usual was an exciting race, to all of a sudden now, you know, credit to Mike Tirico. We've given credit to Jim Nance before. Here's another multi-sport announcer who had to basically fill a bunch of time before the um, decision was made before yeah. the decision was made and i think that most people as you said i think that most people probably agree with what th- what the steward said i think that most people agree with the call it's just the nature of what happened and the fact that it happened in the kentucky derby is what upsets people especially because the horse that was impeded was not the horse that ended up winning so it you know meanwhile the, the horse that actually ended up winning that was, you know, in second place and obviously was bumped up, you know, was not affected yeah. by, by the whole incident that was being objected upon anyway. So it's it's a big story. Um, it obviously puts a lot of insight into, you know, more issues of how replay um, review is affecting sports. And we're definitely going to get more into that uh, later on in the show. Um, but, yeah, this is a big story. The other thing, too, you mentioned it. Uh, maximum security will not be in the Preakness in a couple weeks, which is unfortunate because I was kind of looking forward to a storyline that you generally don't see. Right. I was hoping for a potential rematch, um, and that would be kind of exciting, and that would be kind of fun. I actually think you know, either in the Preakness or not, they they should do. Um, and I you know I doubt I doubt this will end up happening, unfortunately. But 
it would be a huge money maker for them to do some type of some type of rematch in some way because um, I think you know it's two minutes people will definitely yeah, watch for that sure. so I mean it's unfortunate that that wasn't going to happen because I was looking forward to an exciting um, exciting uh, storyline yep. going into the Preakness but that's unfortunately not going to happen and at this point I don't even know what's been announced lately but I don't um, maximum security is not going to be in the Preakness but they up, up until a certain point um, they didn't even know if Country House was going to be in the Preakness. Okay, I just looked it up. Yeah, Country House is not even going to be in the Preakness. Mm. So there's not even a chance at a Triple Crown. It's just, it's totally... That's bizarre. It's totally kind of ruined the sporting, the um, horse racing calendar this year because, you know, I, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm, I probably represent the majority of people who watch this sporting event and that I watch the Derby and then I watch the Preakness and I do not watch the Belmont unless... Uh, there's a chance crown, at a triple yeah. crown unless the same horse has won both races. So I kind of go by the results. So, I mean, you know, I, I love, I love the Preakness for its own traditions, but if there's no chance at a triple crown, I don't even know how drawn I'm going to be to watching it, which is unfortunate. So it's, it's just totally um, affected the sport and it's been, you know, a huge conversation. So Michael, what's your show me what you got? Yeah. So mine this week is going to be, after last night's loss, um, I want to first congratulate, I guess, the Milwaukee Bucks after w- being down 0-1 in the, in the semifinals for the Eastern Conference, winning four in a row and knocking off the Celtics. Congratulations to them. They'll face the winner of the Raptors 76ers series as the Raptors are up 3-2 to right now. So I think they played a night again. So that ca- that series could come to an end tonight. But I want to get to Kyrie Irving real fast. I, going 6 for 21. Um <laughs> Shooting, it's 28, I think, and a half percent. So that's definitely not what Kyrie Irving was expecting. <clears throat> and he's been <clears throat> really bad this whole series, more or less. For he sure. He scored 29, I think, game two. But besides that, it's just been a nightmare for him and the team. And I just think that going into the season, the expectations last year and then this year were so high for Boston, but they really have not lived up to the hype at all. And Kyrie decided, I remember in October, he was, he was saying that Boston was the place that he wanted to be, um, sign an extension after, because he's going to be a free agent this year. That's why I bring it up, because mm-hmm. that might have been the last game he played in the Celtics uniform. But he wanted, he said in October that he wanted to re-sign with the Celtics. But now he said that he pledged to re-sign with them. But then he also mentioned in a press conference before the start of the year saying how if he was to go to free agency, the, the team like the Knicks, being from Jersey, would be the team that he would possibly want to go to of course at the time he was saying Kristaps Porzingis was a guy that a great young core there but of course Mm -hmm. now he's gone but yeah but still they they would welcome with open arms in in New York for for the Knicks but I would I'm just interested to see now what will unfold for him and I don't think that Boston will be where he returns to and I just think that he could return home I guess for him um, for the Knicks but it'll be interesting to see for him and then Kevin Durant as well if he's been mentioned too to head out of Golden State and go to New York to play for the Knicks. So it'll be interesting to see what, what unfolds at the end of this season as the NBA offseason is always pretty entertaining to see where the guys um, go nowadays. But it'll be inter- it was definitely a disappointing series for them and the Celtics after getting off to a 1-0 series lead. But more or less, it was just disappointing for Kyrie. More for sure. I, I think that's the more that's more of the storyline of the series. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that that's, that's part of it too. Um, you know, for me, I, I've, of course, mentioned – your classic kind of core NBA teams. 
Obviously, the Boston Celtics are one of them. And considering that they had a lot of opportunity at some serious playoff contention, I was looking forward to something coming out of them, and that really doesn't seem to be happening, which is kind of unfortunate because, um, you know, it's it's cool to see the teams um, that are historically good in the NBA yeah. to be good like teams. That's helpful for the sport. And like the, the Lakers, of course. Too, so and it was kind of fun to see a potential, you know, Lakers Celtics, you know, uprising again. Where now we're gonna all of a sudden have another kind of era of them meeting in the finals because that's by far, I think, one of the, you know, not not one of the best rivalry in sports necessarily, but one of the most dominant in their respective Historic, sport. Yeah, because I, I don't know what the exact percentage now is, but for a long time historically, like about half of all of the NBA champions all time were either the Celtics or the Lakers. That's just how dominant both of those teams were. And it included um, many, many years of bumping heads in certain eras. And so it was fun to potentially see that happen again, but it's obviously falling apart for many reasons. So um, it's unfortunate. And, and Lakers can't seem to find a coach either. Right. Ty- that's Tyler the other taking issue. himself out of the, and we're going to talk job, more about so. that pretty soon here, but yeah, yeah. it's and, kind of a mess there. And of course now with the Celtics, like, like we said, it's going to be interesting to see what unfolds for Kyrie, the state of the Lakers too, like we said, and then mm-hmm. for the Celtics, of course, themselves. So it'll be yeah. There's a lot of it's stuff a weird that's gonna time in the Celtics-Lakers yeah. rivalry. That's for sure. Um, okay, I think we should probably just move on to news. And starting today with news, uh, the Chicago Cubs are on a continuing high point in the season so far right now, with the recent surge of the NL Central standings. Uh, major league league best uh, 18 and five since April 11th and a run differential that tops the league right now even when compared to teams that have played two or more games than they have which is awesome crazy moments this year like the recent Chris Bryant and Jason Hayward walk-offs the Jason Hayward walk-off being just last night and Kyle Hendricks uh, Maddox-esque 81 pitch complete game recently these exciting moments have built up among Northsiders, uh, but of course, we're Cubs fans. We always want to be cautious about our optimism. So, Michael, just how excited should we be about the Cubbies right now? I think offensively and the starting pitching staff, we should be ecstatic right now. I, the way the Chris Bryant has came back for the Cubs after struggling so much the first couple weeks of the year, he's been so locked in these last couple of games, these last couple of weeks rather, and it just he he kind of showed the whole, I guess, America on Sunday Night Baseball that he was, he was back after hitting that grand – I know the game was the, out of reach already. Right, the grand slam just, was big too. He just cemented himself that he's saying, I, I'm back. He just kind of – he's been quiet all year long. Never really made uh, too much of a – I guess of a scene that's saying, I, I was the MVP, I'm going to be so great. But now he's he's kind of – he's been quiet all year long, but that was the moment for him to get over over the hump, kind of a slump that he had earlier in the year. But he's put that behind him, and same with the rest of the Cubs. I mean, that goes for the pitching staff after starting off slow, for the bullpen too. The bullpen, I believe, has been the best in the, I think, either nationally. I think it might be the whole MLB since um, the last month I saw. Their ERAs is is almost like a full run better than the second-best team. So uh, they don't have that guy in the bullpen that's a lockdown. Craig Krimble, I guess, that is still out there. But a guy like him that could – Andrew Miller, one of those kind of guys that can just shut a team down, like Josh Hader as well, kind of like those kind of guys. But they have Joe's Mad Joe Madden's been using what he's got, and it's been it's been like yesterday he had to he called in Kyle Ryan, who they they called up from AAA earlier in the year. He's he's been phenomenal for them, but 
Joe Maddon's just been playing around, toying around with whatever he's he's had, and he put in Steve Chusack. He got the the save for them, or he didn't get the save. Uh, Carl Edwards got the, I guess, the win for them because the game was tied going into uh, the eleventh inning. But um, rather, Steve got he hold he held the game going into extra innings. I meant, but that was phenomenal for them, and the bullpen's really stepped up. Getting Carl Edwards back too from AAA, he had his early season struggles, so they're really starting to put the whole thing together here and it's been great for the pitching staff too like we said Kyle Hendricks has been phenomenal Jose Quintana has really stepped up his game and Cole Hamels John Lester they've been phenomenal their whole career and they just keep it going another year so it's been it's been great to see it's still some question marks in the bullpen but give credit to Joe Madden especially for like, like I said just putting, sure. to, putting together what uh, a bullpen that that they gave him and just using making the best of it yeah for sure I'm really, really scared to say this, but I just keep thinking it, and it's starting to undeniably become true after all these exciting wins and kind of all these um, different players uh, stepping up for their kind of hero role in every single game. But this is really, really reminding me of 2016, like scarily so reminding me of 2016. Now, there are things that, the things that are a little different is I feel like Joe Madden deserves more credit than he did in 2016. Um, because he, the, he the has t- a bunch yeah. of broken parts in the bullpen, and he's kind of made the absolute best of it, as you said. Um, and, you know, so if if they can keep playing as well as they're playing right now, I think it's undeniable that, that they will make um, – that they can win this division. They can make a deep run in October. I would say that if they play like this, I think you could almost put an NLCS appearance in the yeah. bag. And they'll have a chance at a pennant. And they're the question yeah. is just do they keep this up? And that's obviously what you know. It it it's is a great May. division too. You know we have a long time. It it is only May. We have an entire summer of ha- ahead of us of baseball. So lots of things could happen between now and then. Um, but as the things are looking right now, it's it's really really exciting. And it's really fun to see some good baseball in Chicago again. So yeah, like that's you good said, stuff. Like you said, it's only May right now, but also the the division we know is going to be down to the wire whether or not depending on what month it is it's going to be down to the wire we know right. with the brewers and the cardinals of course too probably possibly postseason teams as well um brewers and lcs appearance last year so they're definitely the cardinals have been great um seemingly every every year but i think this year like like you said kind of showing some signs of 2016 i think that this year would be even more sweeter to get get to the nlcs or the world series because based on what the offseason was the webstein and didn't, they didn't seem to make any moves at all, and that's the truth. They didn't. They would be good reassur- reassurance of yeah. like. And they've what, been more hungry this year than they ever. What the Cubs are. I think they ever have been because 2016 it was just it was just getting there and getting it done. But now, after kind of falling back this last year to kind of just me- me- mediocre more or less. I, 95 right. win season should be mediocre, but for the standard that they set in Chicago, now they're back. I think it's crazy that the Cubs have set such yeah. a high standard lately, but that's now the that, case. I think now that, yeah, with the pitching the way it's been, it it's kind of reminds me of 2016, the way the starting staff has been not going to healthy, pitching deep in the ball games, making it easy for the bullpen, and the offense has just brought their game to another level like we really haven't seen. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's been great. I kind of cringe every single time I hear or say that they remind me of 2016 because we were just talking about how, the, how bad yeah. their bullpen issues were. Um, quiet but I mean, I just I just can't deny it at this point with the results that we're seeing. But I mean, it's good to see some reassurance that um, the Cubs are a powerful force in baseball still, and 
um, they're going to make an impact this year because when they can put things together, they're a really, really good team. I wonder if Picoto, whatever, they improved their win total yet from 78 wins to whatever. Maybe they improved it now, but hopefully teams – or hopefully, like, um, the, the league starts to appreciate the Cubs and their greatness, I guess, because they kind of – it was kind of disappointing to see where they had had them going into the season, them and other other sports outlets picking them sure. low 80 wins total or high 70s even. Yeah. So that's, they really have, I guess – um, cemented themselves as as a real contender, and they've kind of wrote off all the all the, all the criticism already after yeah. a slow start. Currently, they stand at first in the NL Central. Um, the Brewers are a half game back in second place. The Cardinals have dropped to third. That's kind of fun. Um, and then, yeah, they they're in the middle of their home stretch right now, and they basically got a game every day. So it's it's a fun back time off. for them to be yeah. on a streak. So that's back to back walk off wins. So. <laughs> It can't months. get much better yeah, than that. And I haven't heard Wrigley that loud in a while, so that's exciting. Um, yeah, I think we should probably move on to our next yep. story. So we're not with the basketball again. So, of course, LeBron James can't continue to live life without getting into the sports news. Rumors are flying around from now from Stephen A. Smith that the close, that those close to the Lakers owner, uh, Jeannie Buss, are imploring her to trade him. And meanwhile, the coaching searches are active, and LeBron wants to stay away from that. However, recent rumors are boiling that suggest former Timberwolves and, of course, Chicago Bulls head coach Tom Thibodeau may end up in the, on the coaching staff in L.A. Joey, what would you think – or would this hire make sense, and what do you think of this whole, like, LeBron – I mean, this whole this whole saga, more or less? Yeah, I mean, I, I laughed when I saw this headline. I, I thought I, this, Yeah, I, thought I did was, too. Yeah. I thought this was hilarious. And the reason why is because I – the reasons why I loved Tom Thibodeau are the reasons why I do not like LeBron and that their fit could not be more like opposing. It's just, it's so funny to me because I feel like Tom Thibodeau is such a fundamentals coach. He, in the teams that he coaches, he has his select amount of power. He's ultimately the guy making decisions. He's an old school coach, which, you know, you guys know my biases on this show. Like, I like that. That's that's the type of basketball that I like to see. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, meanwhile, we know LeBron's biggest flaw, which is LeBron cannot be coached. He, you know, he, he views himself as the greatest basketball player of all time, and that he should just kind of do what he wants because he is such a talented athlete. And yeah, so this this fit just could not make, um, just could not make any less sense. It's just it seems so funny to me that. Um, you know, knowing who Tom Thibodeau is with his Bulls career and then his Timberwolves career, which is basically like a redux of the Bulls, that that team was so similar. Um, knowing that, it just does not make any sense that Tom Thibodeau would come anywhere near LeBron. Um, but yeah, he hasn't been anywhere near negative to it. But I just, I just do not imagine that going anywhere yeah. positive. I think <laughs> just, just any any coach, more or less. I think their coaching career. I mean, it just changes drastically because if you don't succeed there, you're going to be like we saw with Luke Walton. I mean, of course, he got another job, but I I just think that if you're a coach, I would go somewhere else because I would go somewhere else too. Because if you go to the Lakers, you have to deal with there's so many Levar Ball and LeBron James at the same time, and there's so much pressure on you, and you're under the microscope. Even when like this team is not in the playoffs, we shouldn't really be talking about them. But this is a story. They always like find their way. So like. If if you're a coach, I don't know why you'd want to stay in this, especially when you have absolutely no power on this team because yeah. LeBron James exists. So I, it it just doesn't make sense to me that yeah, and say that a guy like Tom Thibodeau would even be considered. I think that you know if they 
they, they should barely even hire a coach at this point. I mean, it's, it's have LeBron coach them, I guess. Right. I, I mean, if they if they hire a coach, it should be someone who's who's willing to kind of cede at least most of his power to LeBron, which is yeah. you know hard to find. But if there's anyone you're not going to find it with, it's going to be Tom Thibodeau. So I don't understand why he's even being brought up in this yeah. conversation. And of course, uh, Magic's gone now. But I right. think I think that the problem is too if you hire a coach and the same thing happens like it did this year, then what do you? Uh, how do you explain that to the fans? And I mean, how do you get confidence back in the in the fan base with having LeBron James there? I mean, that basically they think that that having LeBron should be the final piece, even even though they have so many holes in their roster. They just think that having LeBron will just bring them to the next level, and that has not been the case at all. So well, I mean, when they're not good, a lot of I feel like he's such a he's such a big distraction because I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, I'm I'm biased against him. I think that he's, I think that he's quite, quite almost clearly, um, the second greatest basketball player of all time. But the reason why I think he, as of now, doesn't come close to number one being, of course, um, number twenty three from um, this place, of course, Michael Jordan. I mean, I think the reason why he doesn't he doesn't come up to that level for me is. Like the degree of like outward self-interest that he shows sometimes when it comes to these things and his inability to be coached. Well, meanwhile, you know Michael Jordan's under ultimate team guy under the, uh, under like the ego, the ego management of Phil Jackson. When you juxtapose those two things, that's that's why I guess I mean even even you know numbers talent aside, the reason why I favor Michael Jordan other than of course hometown is because of his ability to be coached and you know. How LeBron James basically sees himself as the greatest player of all time, giving him the the ability to bend the rules a little bit, and I I don't I don't like that personally. So and, and almost trading away the whole, seemingly trading away the whole roster at the trade deadline to try to get right. Anthony Davis. I don't. If you're a player, I mean, you respect his greatness. You know that LeBron is he's out. He wants to win. I mean, I'm I'm never saying that LeBron James would, I mean, not want to win a championship or something like that or have a winning season, but. The, of like you said, the other factors of just kind of just self arrogance. He wants to play with. He he yeah. I, and if you're and if you're a guy that's coming in the league or it's been in the league for a couple of years, I mean I, I wouldn't I wouldn't really want to be around a guy like that who who doesn't really value his teammates like like unlike MJ like you said he's kind of was the ultimate team guy of course like uh, with Scottie Pippen he kind of put him under his wing and look where Scottie ended up too. So right. It, it, so I just think big that difference. There's there yeah there's huge difference and that's what. I think I think that's what also he wants to be the, he wants to uh, consider himself the greatest of all time, but that's also what brings great distance not just on the basketball court but off the court too, um, with not being the kind of a guy that's there for their teammates and like we saw this year with Anthony Davis. So. Yeah, I mean, the the whole Anthony Davis thing is <coughs> is a bigger problem in the league. I think that LeBron epitomizes that because he's done it over the course of his career, which yeah. is. There was an Onion article released like a couple months back that was basically Adam Silver announced to the NBA that all the players should just tell him where he, where they want to play and they'll just play there, because that's what seems to be basically it's happening. happening. Yeah, it's you know people are basically picking and choosing where they want to go and picking their guys with them, so. picking their guys with them and picking their friends who they want to play with. So it's like that's happening across the league, and he kind of epitomizes that. And to see that step in the way of rebuilding one of the most important franchises in the league is just it's it's not a positive thing so yeah before we talk about this any longer because i don't think it deserves any more minutes of our time <laughs> uh let's get into like real present yeah, day basketball with the toronto raptors and the philadelphia 76ers going at it in the second round of the nba playoffs 
Uh, things seemed to be pretty much smooth for the Sixers earlier in the series, but then two wins from Toronto uh, made recording artists and, uh, as Tony Kornheiser said yesterday, Raptors mascot, Drake, smile. However, uh, Joel Embiid is telling him to get ready for a Game 7. So, Michael, how do you see this series coming to an end? First, I wanted to say, yeah, the Lakers seem to make their way in every single like every single podcast we have. There's some, some kind I mean, of controversy it, going on in I LA, try to avoid it as much as possible because ESPN has things covered for us when it comes to LeBron James. Yeah. But, I mean, sometimes it's just it's hard to ignore. I mean, I think the thing about the Thibodeau story, about this story is that it's like, just a, just a it's just kind of laughable, yeah. and it's such a wrong fit. It's just hilarious to me. But, yeah, um, anyway, yeah, back to the 76ers and Raptors. I think Joel Embiid is – he is the 76ers more or less. If he's not For clicking, sure. then this team is going nowhere. Like we saw that guys like Jimmy Butler, they feed off Joel Embiid's success, and uh, Marcus Saul really has been his Joel's kryptonite this whole series, kind of like we saw last year, similar to Al Horford and Giannis Akutumbo, but – I, of course, it was a different story after Game One and, and this year in the in the same series. But I think that Joel Embiid, of course, he wasn't feeling well earlier in the series. I don't I don't know if he still is, but Marcus Saul has been been the guy that the Raptors have gone to that he shut out Joel Embiid down, and, and with that, <clears throat> Ben Simmons has been shut down too. And and um, like I said, Jimmy Butler can't play off that either if if Joel Embiid isn't making shots. So he's so important to that team and if he's not clicking like I said this team is is going to be it's going to be out of the playoffs after their next game and I think I was after they won um the game two I believe with Jimmy Butler who had a fantastic f- performance and it was an all-around performance from the whole team I, I thought that the 76ers really could um of course not only the Raptors give them a great series but also give the Bucks a series but now I, I don't see it at all and Kawhi Leonard has taken over each game totally from that agree. point on. And like I said, Marcus Saul too has been a great defender for them, not always scoring, but from the other end of the court he's been able he's been a lockdown defender for them and I think I think the Raptors win this next game. I think they have too much momentum right now to slip. And I think that they will head on to face the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference finals. Yeah, I mean I got I got <coughs> Raptors in seven at this point, even though I kind of have my East Coast classic teams bias um, toward the 76ers, and I feel like they'd be a more fun story later on in the playoffs just for them to be there. Um, but, yeah, Toronto has their um, has their classic NHL team, and unf- unfortunately they would have been a fun presence, but that didn't happen, which kind of goes along with their ultimate storyline, so that's kind of funny. But on the other hand, basketball, yeah, I think they're going to have the success um, that isn't necessarily – as fun but um is i mean well deserved i think that they're gonna close out this series for sure um but yeah i think we should move on to our next series here because we're still talking basketball yeah so of course last night too we got the rockets versus the warriors so we were hoping last week for the rockets to make a series out of this after being down two to nothing in a two nothing hole against the golden state warriors of course the empire they have there so joey of course now that we've we've seen of course last night they they lost now the series is the Warriors are up three to two again, but what do you expect from from the rest of this series after the Rockets after they tied up the series at being down two to two, but now after losing a hard game yesterday by five points, one hundred four to ninety nine? What do you think now? I guess for the rest of this, this series? is this game last night was the big game for the Warriors. I feel like that the Warriors need if they're going to close out this series, they needed a win in this game five. They they needed that the result that they got. 
Um, if the Rockets would have won, it I feel like it would have started to have slipped away for the Warriors. But now that they got the win, I think that the Warriors have a lot more um, of a handle on things. So um, I think that the Warriors are going to close out the series. Um, maybe they give up uh, give up a loss on the way, but I think that if, that they're going to um, close out the series now at this point because they got the crucial one they needed in Game Five and didn't let things slip away from them, and now they have things under control. But so. also, Kevin Durant may miss Game Six, which is there a is huge that factor though. But so uh, the war, <clears throat> excuse me. There's no other um, excuse now for the Rockets. They need a, it's win or go home for them in the next game. So James Harden. Eric Gordon, Chris Paul, they're going to have to take over. And now without Kevin Durant really has been the leading force for them with Steph Curry struggling earlier in, in the series and still not being, of course, the same self that he was last year and in years past. But I think that this couldn't – I mean, I you, you don't wish for injury, but this is probably the best thing that could have happened for the Houston Rockets, and they're going to need to capitalize at least game six. I don't know if he'll be back for game seven, but at least for this next game. They're going to need to, of course, it's win or go home, so they're going to have to step up their game. For sure. Um, okay, I think we should move on. Um, a little hockey to end news today. Um, after two game sevens in this round, with one of which ending in double overtime, an exciting goal to finish that off. Uh, the conference finals are set in the NHL with the Bruins and the Hurricanes in the East and the Blues and Sharks in the West, um, all vying for you know some pretty historic Stanley Cup championships from all sides, no matter what the result would be. So, Michael, is there anything you're looking forward to in this wild Stanley Cup playoffs um, as it begins to yeah. close in? I'm looking forward to – God, I can't talk today. <laughs> it's <laughs> keep fine. keep on coughing, but I think the Blues, more or less, I think that they're the team that I'm most looking forward to, being how close they were these last couple of years to get to where they are now. I think that <clears throat> they really haven't um, stepped up to – I guess their expectations they set for themselves until this year, but I think for them that if they can get to the Stanley Cup Finals or Stanley Cup Finals, yep, I think that they will. <clears throat> I think that St. Louis can rally behind them, and it'll be. I think that'll be great for them. Yeah, um, for me, I mean, obviously, I'm wearing a Whalers jersey right now, so um, I find the Hurricanes, as I've said multiple times, to be um, kind of the most exciting team and most enjoyable team to look forward to. The Bruins are kind of a nice original six entrance in the series. The Blues are kind of cool because I feel like they're one of the more historic NHL franchises that just hasn't yet won a Stanley Cup. So that's kind of big for them. Yeah, that's um, for sure. I mean, Hawks rivals, of course, so you know maybe not going to get that much of a um, Chicago rooting interest. But nationally, I think that they're up there for sure. Um, San Jose Sharks just haven't broken through either. So, I mean, th- this is this is kind of – a fun setup, which, you know, was what we were fearing was that, you know, once we got to this point, things were going to get kind of boring, but I don't think they are it's considering that you yeah. got the exciting hurricanes, you have an original six team, you have the blues, you have the sharks. I mean, it's, it looks pretty good. After so round one. Yeah. It, it, we thought we were sitting here, think a couple weeks ago saying after all this energy after round one, is it all going to just die off now? Yeah, but for it's, sure. it's been able to hold itself throughout this whole um, Stanley cup playoffs. But yeah, like you said, the St. Louis blues are a team that, have a lot of history, but but they never got into that next step. And I think that hopefully this is the year they've they played some great hockey this whole playoffs after coming back and tying the series at three, and then of course taking the game um, seven two to one against the Stars. But I think that they're our team that I'm I'm rooting for, especially because of course with the Blackhawks I can't root for them. But I know being in St. Louis, of course Chicago St. Louis rivalry all the time. But I think that the Blues it would be cool for them to make the Stanley Cup finals and possibly win, but also 
I think for the Sharks too, that would be they're another team that hasn't, I guess, um, re- re- reached the next level, like we said. So either way, it'll be it'll be a team that from the Western Conference that can, um, that that hasn't succeeded in the past, but now they they get the opportunity to either the Blues or the Sharks. So yeah, be great teams that teams that haven't really <coughs> come out of the conference lately. I think um, losing my voice too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm gonna say, um, yeah, definitely hold it in there. We're almost there. Um, but yeah, um, no guests this week. This is just a kind of casual episode here. So we're going to move right into They Don't Scout Like This. Okay. Um, so for They Don't Scout Like This this week, uh, we decided that considering the big story out of the Kentucky Derby this week and what it kind of has led into for the whole narrative of how uh, replay reviews have affected um, all of sports really and how they've kind of taken control and what some most people believe to be a negative way um, but yeah, we're gonna look into that. So we're gonna look at the f- replay systems for all four of the major sports, and we're gonna kind of um, we're gonna kind of talk about them and see uh, what's good about them and what they need to improve on. Um, so I think that the easiest place to start, of course, is the NFL. Um, and just to kind of go through it, um, basically uh, there are the red challenge fra- flags, of course, um, and um, you know the booth can of course call a review uh, when necessary. But, yeah, the reviews are initiated by a head coach. There's two per game. There's a third one that's allowed if the coach wins the first two challenges. And, yeah, there's the replay official that can, um, that can send any play after the two-minute warning, um, scoring plays and turnovers under review. And, uh, basically, um, you know, there's a replay. There's deliberations from the referees. They look at it. And there's a stadium replay booth. There is, um, you know, there's um, – uh, there's game day central, which is looking at it. Um, and basically the review happens and then there's a decision. Um, there's basically the classic, um, you know, if, if the call is too close, they go with what's on the field. Um, if it's, if there's no indisputable evidence, they overturn. So that's kind of where things stand right now. And, um, of course, NFL review and football review in general too at that has gotten mixed reviews. So Michael, what are your thoughts on the NFL when it comes to uh, the review rules? Yeah, so replay, <coughs> I think I lost my voice from the start of the show today, <laughs> but I think It's fine. I think that the NFL has I guess they've kind of had to be more progressive, I think these last couple of years. Of course, after this past season with the Saints, they didn't the Saints That's Rams. That's the big thing. They yeah. they had to make a decision there. After this, probably if they didn't make a change, I think New Orleans probably would have came after Roger Goodell. But I think that <clears throat> I think that they have taken manners into their own own hands, which is something that hasn't really been an NFL kind of motto for them. But I think that I think that it'll be interesting to see how it works for replay on pass interference, like we talked about. But I think just moving it, that's a step in the right direction for the NFL, as they've always been a team or always been a league that taking criticisms for not making the needed adjustments to trying to stay more to the normal kind of football atmosphere, the normal kind of rule book without making changes to the modern game. But I think that that was a big, a big move for them this off season. And of course it'll, it won't go without notice this season and we'll see how early um, a call like that can be made to change a game with that. But it'll be interesting to see now how referees call pass interference and I guess kind of what, what will unfold once they replay that, and it'll th- that'll be a big, big change to the NFL landscape this year, and I'm I'm excited to see it more or less, to be honest. Yeah, I think the general <laughs> sports rule. I mean, 
as far as things have developed is it's favoring offense more and more over time. And your offensive players are getting more protection. That could not be shown more than in the NFL. And, you know, considering their issues with um, exactly what pass interference is and exactly what a catch even is at this point, I mean, I, I think that uh, when it comes to review in the NFL, um, things are not that favorable and um, changes over time are going to have to be made, especially when it comes to um, long-lasting reviews that take up a ton of time um, only to, you know, only to be, um, you know, overturned anyway. When, like, you know, by definition, if you're if you're having something under review for a very, very long period of time, then it seems like it's too close of a call to overturn at that point. If it's yeah. going to take that long, then you can't really overturn it. But then we Baseball see it overturned. Too, we see all the it's time, very yeah. nonlinear as far as that goes, you know, the, with the results. So that's the NFL. I, I'm not that favorable about the NFL, but that's, that's going to be a pretty common pattern here. Um, but we should move on to the NBA. Um, they basically have their, their instant replay trigger where, where the refs will look at um, and review the play on the court. Um, and generally you're looking at last-second shots, uh, last-second fouls, flagrant fouls, um, you know, player altercations, clock malfunctions, um, either two or three-point you know, field goal attempts trying to figure out um, you know, uh, relativity to the three-point line, um, out-of-bounds plays, of course, shot clock violations, um, and you know, fouls in general. So there's, there's a bunch of grounds in which uh, replay could be triggered. Um, but I mean, I guess there's a little bit less coaches control in the NBA than there is in the NFL as far as that goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I guess it's a lot of similar things with lots Sport, of timing yep. issues and, um, you know, kind of, yeah, nonlinear results. And, you know, the big thing about basketball is the difference between the way things are called early in the game and the way things are called in crunch time when it comes to, you know, Fouls. not only on the court, but what's decided um, unfortunately, what's decided when video is looked at. So and I think that too, yeah, like you said, each sport, they all have the same similarity that time has been a big factor. Like you said, that I think kind that of that's the, one of the, the biggest things. I mean, I guess the decisions based on if you have, if you, if you're reviewing something for like, like I, the Derby is different, of course, because right. that's a whole different story because but, it's such heavy stakes. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the play of the, the whole thing. I mean, there's no yeah. multiple plays to go over. I like mean, that's Cubs, it. But the Cubs game the other day, there was a, a play at home that, I think it took like ten minutes for them to review. It's it and in the fourth inning. Like, I think that if if you know that the call is that there's inconclusive evidence to overturn, overturn it, it and it's taking just, that long, just it, leave it the way it is. Exactly. I, I think that all sports could, I guess, learn from that. And I think that fan feedback is all this all the same. That they can see on on the board that something like this either it's they're taking too slow on something that's obvious that that should be overturned or. Any other way, if it if there's not enough evidence that they're taking too long just to try to find something that they can't, so just leave it right. the way it is. So, so just leave it the way it is. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, <clears throat> that's kind of the biggest thing. Um, you know, I think that the league that is most open to fan uh, critiques and responses, they're gonna be the they're gonna be the league that ends up being the most successful in this area. Um, but yeah, I, I think we should probably move on to um, <coughs> which one do we have up here now? Um, the MLB. Yeah, we didn't do the MLB. Um, MLB rules, play, uh, replays are kind of a new, newer thing in the MLB. Um, basically, you know, you can look at, um, you can basically look at, you know, uh, safer out kind of those kind of situations. Um, I, I mean, yeah, you can basically, that's basically the main thing that it's used for, um, for most of the time for, you know, if the runner was safer out. Um, 
I I don't. I'm trying to think of other scenarios. Can't replay I mean, balls and strikes, of course. But yeah, you more can't. The, you yeah. can't replay balls and strikes. That's kind <laughs> of the big thing. You can look at uh, home runs versus fan interference. You know, fan interference. Those types of things, of course. Um, but that that's kind of an that's kind of an older thing. And you got the um, in this sport, you got the three clear outcomes of confirmed. Uh, when a call is confirmed, that means there's clear and convincing evidence that the call in the field was correct. If it stands, then that means that there's no clear and convincing evidence, and they just go with what's on the field. Which, as we said, if that's the scenario, it should take a long time to come to that conclusion because, by definition, if you're taking a long time, it should probably just stand. And then overturned requires clear and convincing evidence that the call was not correct. Um, and uh, you know, manager challenges um, are are part of this, in which managers can look um, at uh, at the replay to to change calls potentially. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where things are right now. And I just think that, like we said, kind of for each sport, if 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 you think that there is inconclusive evidence, so leave it the way it is. Don't try to be a hero and try to change an outcome of a game or. Right. A, a, I, I think, you know, you got to leave it on the field if it's that close. Yeah. And that's been a problem, sure. of course. And that was that was the problem with the derby sport, for yeah. lots of people. So, yeah. And I think that, too, for the NBA, too, some calls that can go either way. Of course, of course, fouls are the big concern that are not re- re- uh, re- reviewable, of course. But fouls have been a big problem in the NBA that that, of course, they can. I mean, it's more in the, that's more in the ref's hands than anything that that they have taken heat for possibly changing outcomes to games with their with their calls especially in crunch time that is of course the rockets are a team that is that has been for sure very yeah upset about the calls that have been made um and that warriors started the warriors series and i still are of course still complaining about that but fouls have been a big problem in the nba not renew or reviewable excuse me but that's something that the league that needs to address that they need to make sure that they're making the right calls and pause i mean of course there's always going to be players that aren't going to be happy with the call but yeah uh, too many in, in a game like that that are kind of qu- very questionable and travel calls too that's another big problem that's another big thing. like we I saw mean, the yeah. nba the so nba has its I'm own travel traveling yeah. issue i mean the amount of steps that players are allowed to get is at least too much it's like in my three opinion. yeah it's ridiculous three or but four. yeah i mean sometimes even more it's crazy yeah. and that's kind of bleeding into college basketball which i don't like but i mean that's that's its own separate issue as far as replay goes and in the NBA, um, and even in the MLB, the biggest issue is time, as we've said multiple times. Uh, for the MLB, by the way, um, each manager is allotted one challenge per game. That's how that works in the MLB. Um, additional challenges are granted only if the previous one was successful. Um, and then from the eighth inning on, that's when the umpire crew chief is allowed to initiate their own replay review. Um, yeah, so in crunch time, there's kind of that. It's similar to football in that way. Um, but, yeah, I think with the MLB – the biggest thing is, um, I guess, it's 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 kind of. I feel like the MLB is kind of out of most of these leagues is kind of doing uh, the best job outside of the timing issues. I would say I think that it's it's conservative in a way where the human element is left in the game, but um, replays are used when necessary. And generally speaking, they make sense in the flow of the game. Yeah. Um, obviously, like we said, timing's an issue with it, and they don't want to be too long in a, in a sport where we're already trying to figure out how to keep fans watching. So there's that problem. But other than that, I think that things are pretty good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah, so that's think, the MLB. I think that, yeah, leaving the human aspect in the game has been – I think if they move to um, robot umpires, that I think they're going to they, – they will lose that And we that already talked about aspect. that. That's we, just not, that's not good. I think that putting replay in, that's the most that, – that they should go to have – technology in the game i think the rest of you should just leave it the same 
but it, it's been a great addition the last couple when they brought it in I believe three or four years ago when it was a new addition and they've improved each year on being faster but that's still a problem in each sport and and the MLB especially too as players are just standing out on the field for like tens of minutes just waiting for a call and a third inning game let's say the game's 10 to nothing but they're taking forever to make yeah. a call and that's something that needs to change and if it's if it's bottom of the ninth sure but if like we said I guess we'll just wrap this up that if it's just don't make a random decision based on inconclusive evidence that could possibly change the outcome of the game so if you call it on the field like if you call it out on the field just leave it as an out and don't try to be a hero trying to change something so that has been for sure that that's something that they need to address but I think we'll save it there, I guess. Yeah, last but not least, the NHL. The real big thing with the NHL is coaches' challenges are also more recent. They, you know, generally these things mirror each other. Um, you know, but the but the differences are a little bit more obvious here. Um, basically, the main spot of review in hockey is goals. That's that's the the that's basically the the main spot in which review is affecting the sport is where you know looking at if the puck crossed the goal line, looking at, you know, if there was an offside, looking at um, if there was a kicking motion that resulted in the puck going in, all those types of situations. Goalie interference, that's also kind of a that's also kind of a new um, trend that kind of has mirrored pass interference a little bit too. Um, but, yeah, in, in hockey it's mainly goals. A little bit of penalty reviews, and obviously, like I said, coach challenges. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they – basically the coach's challenge exists now um you're required to use your timeout if you use it um but yeah the main place with the nhl is goals um i think that they do a pretty decent job i think though i mean we kept we we've obviously kept saying timing 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 yep, but, but out of there. out of all the sports i think the nhl is actually worse in that regard um i think that the nhl takes uh the the longest when it's unnecessary um out of all these sports um while it might be the biggest problem in other sports just compare comparatively it's the worst in the nhl which is something that they need to fix but otherwise i think the rules are okay i mean it's just a matter of consistent judgment in the future that's really the big thing across all across all these um but yeah so um any other sports we should mention i think that's pretty much it i mean the big four we is kinda kind got, of got we kind of got the big the bit the big sports yeah the big four in the in the sports world for america we got all those but yep we'll be good Okay. Um, We're your yeah. scouting, though. Yeah, your scouting for sure. Um, we got a couple calls here. Make sure, as always, send in your questions for next week at 224-544-9330. And we'll be right back with your first call after the theme song, of course. All right, guys. Here is our first call. Okay, so the Cincinnati Reds, um, of course, has been a hot topic uh, with Carson Pierce. They did mention it uh, on the show last week. I don't know if you saw that, if you ended up watching that segment. Yep, I uh, saw it. Oh, you did. Yeah, so um, the Reds, yeah, they're kind of uh, last in the NL Central standings right now, so that's kind of the issue. Hey, he's but, had, I mean, Dietrich hey. himself, he's having fun at least. He's had the that's true. The eye, the, the eye black mustache that was pretty hilarious, and he ended up, Homering, uh, I think they uh, off Jeff Samarja. It was, I think it was four pitches in a row. The Reds they had they lost the game somehow, but 
four guys, four pitches, all home runs. And I think that – I mean, he's been the, kind of an energy spark for them, but, of course, the – uh, the win total hasn't been there for them. Yeah, and but they're seven it, and a half games back now. But. It could change once Scooter Jeanette comes back. There, there is mean, hope for them. We said it's only May, right? It's so only I, May, that's, and that's we've seen the Dodgers last year. They were struggling up until like June, and they ended up making the the World Series last year. And they're a, a great team again this year. But they started off slow last year, and maybe the Reds, Peters, could be the team that starts off slow, and they could find their stride later in the season. And Derek Dietrich has definitely been a a spark plug for them, and once Scooter Jeanette comes back, you never know what could happen. Okay, let's get into our second and final call. Keeping this clicking in here. There we go. <laughs> might, might be the same guy. Yeah, so this is a big story, a little bit of the less positive side of what's going on with the Cubs right now. Obviously, this has caused uh, some mixed reactions, but Addison Russell was called up, and he had his first at-bat yesterday uh, to a crowd that had quite mixed reactions. It was a mixed bag, bag of boos and cheers. I would say the majority was boos based on what I saw. They said 50-50, um, The videos that I saw, like it's, it seemed more negative than positive. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, I guess for me, the biggest thing is, I mean, I think that players – deserve second chances but i think that when when something like this happens they deserve the criticism that they're going to get and i think addison russell's aware of that and i think you know i don't see why there was a mixed bag of even cheering i don't know why you would cheer for the yeah, situation i, 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 I don't i don't understand what why I mean, what good is he i mean i don't understand why it's a positive thing um you know it's it's obviously a controversial move made and you know i i think that you know the people who booed have you know every all right the, to yeah. every right to do so i think that you know if if that's what you think that that's that's 100 percent uh what you should do and i think that you know i think that it's healthy that he i mean and this is just me i think that it's healthy that he gets that negative response because you know he did something that was not good <laughs> obviously and so you know he's going to need to build back um trust and rebuild confidence in fans and and everybody in his life really um as he kind of works his way back into things so i mean you know i i i see the criticism uh to the rickets for you know sending him back up um in in some ways, I agree with it. Um, I think that you know a chance at redemption is something that he should have, but I don't think it should be easy. So I mean, you know, this reaction is something that I'm a not surprised about and b totally fine with. Yeah. Um, but Theo keeps talking about the conditions that they put in place for him, but I, he hasn't released those to the public. What those are closed. But either way, Addison Russell, he can't he can't screw up again. Like we one hundred percent. He's on with, like a strict. We've you yeah. Know. We we've seen with Tyree Kill again that he. That he, of course, had That's the same crazy. kind of issue, and then, uh, of course, now again that he's popped in the news for having something very similar and very disturbing um, in Kansas City. For sure. And I think that that he's still on the team right now. But I think if you're the Chiefs, you just I would let him go. And if something like this would something would flare up again with Addison Russell, you let him go. You move on from him. Y- you don't. I think that the main part of this is you're not. It's more of the person than the baseball player. You can right. let 100%. go. Right, 100%. That's the priority. They're the replaceable, end. and you always can find a, guy, a better person than 
right. than a guy that has a background like Addison Russell has. But I believe in giving him a second chance. But if it were to happen again, you can, oh, you can obviously find someone no patience of a better character that. and uh, just the same of a player. And Yeah, think, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we don't know everything that's going on. That's yeah. the thing. Um, if we were, then we, we can make a lot better of a judgment call here. What the what Theo and I think the records have said has been, um, I'm, I'm at least in my opinion, out of all these situations, way more um, sensitive of the issue and way more um, you know, smart about what they said. So that's good. It's just a matter of we're just going to have to see what happens and he's obviously going to be held to a pretty high standard here and if he doesn't need if he falls below that standard again then i don't think we'll we'll see this ever happening again so um you know there'll there'll always be new players to find as you said um but yeah so that's your scouting once again call us 224-544-9330 we we always need calls in the voicemail box um yeah we look forward to them every week uh let's move it in just wait till next week Okay, so for me, it's pretty simple. Two things I'm looking forward to. Hurricanes hockey, as, as I've said, I'm wearing the Whalers jersey, so, I mean, that just makes sense. And more Cubs baseball because th- it's just too exciting right now, as we said. Yeah. I mean, you know, been, Addison Russell probably phenomenal. puts a cloud on things, of course, I think, and, and I deservedly. Think, yeah, add one but, more thing. I, I think, mean, yeah, oh, yeah go ahead. Oh, thanks. Um, I think that just there really is no good time, to, I guess, to call them up because there's always going to be that back. But I think just having it the way it happened now with the team riding so high – I think that it just—it's it's, more of a damp. It's, it's a too. smooth that it—it's smoother than it could have been. But for sure. I think it's a damp. But like you, yeah, like you just said, I think that not if, if the team was really struggling, like they were like starting off two and seven, it would it, it would, be it, would make it, it would make it much harder, I, I believe. So I, and I, I mean, I think he's that not going to get good fan reactions when either, he goes yeah. outside of Wrigley. That's the one thing. That's I mean, going to be he got a negative reaction in Wrigley, but yeah. I think he's going to get booed way harder when when the Cubs go on the road. That's not yeah. for a little bit, but that's a great point. I mean, it will happen. It's gonna that's going to be a. I mean, hopefully it doesn't turn into a distraction for the Cubs, but I think that they've played in so many big games, getting booed like stuff like that. But it's a different kind of atmosphere, getting booed towards a player, specifically for his actions, not just booing them just because they another fan base wants to win a game. So right. it's a different it's, feel. It's a way bigger thing. Yeah, yeah but I, that'll that'll be I guess just wait till next week. We could once they go on the next road stand, that'll be interesting to see. But for me, uh, I'll, I'll let you finish. But for me, I'm NBA. Um, the finals for each conference. That's what I'm looking forward to. But I'll let you finish. Sorry, I'll um, I, I, I mean, there's nothing really else I had to say. You basically covered everything. So um, that's all we got today. Congrats for sticking through and listening to this whole thing. We appreciate it as always. Subscribe to listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. Um, give us a positive review as always. Sub, uh, subscribe to watch on YouTube. Uh, we need more subscribers. Um, just, just spread the word about the show. That's That's really the main thing. I mean, you know, it's... Uh, we've we've had fun doing this all year. I mean, we've broken past double digits and you know moved to the place in AP style where you don't write out um, the, the episode numbers, but you actually type out the episode numbers as you know n- numerals instead of like the yeah. words. So that's kind of cool. I mean, that's you know that's a lot of episodes. So um, we're excited about that. Of course, read the Four Scout. There are a bunch of other good articles on there we didn't already mention. Uh, Kyle Platt has one on the Kentucky Derby and all that happened. Uh, Michael, you have an article on the Dutch American Exchange program, which I read and is awesome. And then I had a satire with Casey Man, that um, was good too. on the so NHS presidential elections. Stuff. It was yeah. fun to write. Um, and so much more. So yeah, get ready for another week of Sports Scouts next week. Um, in the meantime, we'll keep on scouting. Thank you.
And I got my voice back. 